No. No. N-O is a complete sentence. I don't have to do everything, nor do I need to explain when I say no. And I admit, this is what I'm learning to do well. It is a work in progress for me. Welcome to Take Heart, a podcast about creating space for connection, hope, and joy as a mom to a child with disabilities or special needs. We want you to feel connected and encouraged as we navigate this messy, emotional, joy-filled life together. Hi, I'm Sarah Klein. You're listening to episode 141. We're starting off season four a bit differently. Amy Carey and I decided to enter this season talking about what is most on our heart, minds, and spirit. Saying my family is in a transition stage is a vast understatement, in my opinion. That is what is most on our hearts, minds, spirits, schedules, you name it. That's what our life revolves around, transitioning. So just to give you a few highlights of the past few months, here are some things that have been transpiring in our lives. My youngest son, TJ, graduated high school this year in May 2023. As proud as we are and excited to see what the next chapter holds, all of a sudden our routine was blown apart. His main way of socializing was gone. Sure, he had friends at school, but none that would come over and hang out with them. So his primary companion now is me. We love and adore each other. But a mom and a 19-year-old son are not supposed to be each other's primary friends. Granted, we are working on new ways to get him engaged and active, but he took a hard fall this summer and he broke his tibia again and added yet another fracture to his spine. We have been fighting with obtaining disability benefits for months. I won't go into all of it. That's an entirely different episode. The bottom line is we have no help caring for him. And as we prepare to get him situated with a state agency who will help him get a job, the transportation to and from that job will fall solely on me. I'm not even going to get started on an irritating doctor's appointment that spearheaded an entire change in medical care again. And now we're looking at driving eight hours away. I am fortunate to have a successful business I run out of my home since 2015. Actually, you know what? No, it's not fortunate. It's not just luck. I am actually quite proud to say I have worked my tail off for this business's success. However, I do feel extremely fortunate to be able to be home caring for TJ, and I have the flexibility to travel to his doctor's appointments, clinical trials, jobs, therapies, etc. However, all of his requests for food, bio breaks, and anything else a human being is entitled to receive, my days have become much longer than before. A lot of juggling on my schedule has to happen. And if you've ever owned your own business or you know others who do, it's not as glamorous as it seems. Yes, you get to set your own hours, but if you want to be successful and have a decent reputation, not to mention be remotely profitable, the hours can be long and demanding, especially when you're juggling these transitional stages. So all of that to say that what has been on my mind, heart, and soul, and schedule lately is transitioning my son to adulthood. In fact, we've been working on this transition for some time now. It seems our children no longer transition from one thing to another, that another transition is looming. Yes, I know that's life. It's just more complex with our children. So if you're listening right now and your child is transitioning from pre-K to kindergarten, middle school to high school, a new medical team, a new church, whatever it might be, and you seem to be more scared than your child, 
let me say this. Well done. No matter where you are, where you think you quote unquote should be, you are doing a great job. And also please know that you don't have to sacrifice your sanity to be a good mom. You don't have to feel exhausted, stressed, and overwhelmed to feel like you are getting somewhere. Who's to say that the best way to help your child or your family or yourself, don't forget you, through whatever the transition your child is in, is to run yourself completely ragged. There is only so much we can do as an individual. A couple of months ago, I stopped what I was doing and decided I could either be scared and overwhelmed through this transition, or I could navigate it with grit and grace. Now, I wholeheartedly believe that feeling scared, overwhelmed, sad, or whatever emotion you feel is more than okay. Feel all the feels. Those feelings are our mind and body's way of protecting us from danger or heartache. However, staying in those negative feelings when they serve no purpose of moving that needle forward, so to speak, when those feelings no longer provide safety, but instead they provide a weight upon our shoulders and souls that seem to keep us stuck in this negative cycle, then those feelings need to be released. Sure, they may come back. In fact, we all know that they probably will more often than we care to experience, but they do not get to rule our days and nights. Those feelings can visit, but they cannot take refuge in our hearts. So how do you move that needle forward then during these crazy transitions in life? How do you prioritize a thousand and one different things that need to be completed now? Well, my son is not a job that needs to be done. He is one of the three loves of my life. So my son gets treated as such. However, many things around his care, I view as my quote unquote, household medical director job. It just sounds fancier. Whenever I have too many things to do, and before someone tells me, well, you, you know, you can only have one, one first priority. They've never been a mom to a child with complex medical needs, disabilities, or special needs. That's all I'm saying. I digress. So whenever I get overwhelmed, I get practical. I have a few steps that have helped me whenever I feel that I am just on that gerbil wheel, running and running and running and getting nowhere. Step one is my favorite, and it needs to be done before anything else. So repeat after me. No, no. N-O is a complete sentence. I don't have to do everything, nor do I need to explain when I say no. And I admit this is what I'm learning to do well. It is a work in progress for me. Step number two, get out three pieces of paper. On the first piece of paper, I actually prefer a post-it note. Write these two lines. First, write, I will not compare myself to anyone else. Right under that, write, I will run my race. And I want you to underline, capitalize, highlight, whatever, my. I will run my race. And tape that somewhere where you will see it often. In fact, I love messages of affirmations. I like to write myself and my family notes and messages with dry erase markers on windows, picture frames, the microwave, <laughs> our bathroom mirrors, whatever. And it's so much fun because you can just erase it. Write yourself a note. Run my race today. Put and write it on your bathroom mirror. On the second sheet of paper, right across the top, gratitudes. If you have listened to any past episode of mine, you know I am a big proponent of gratitude lists. In fact, I add three gratitudes to my daily journaling. And I don't care if you list an old ratty but comfortable hoodie that everybody but you wants to throw in the dumpster. Be grateful for it. 
The important part here is to write it down and not overthink it. I believe God is as present in the ordinary moments of our lives as he is in the extraordinary. Seeing your gratitudes on paper alters your perception. Keep this list somewhere you can see it as well. On the third piece of paper, write your to-do list. Okay, so in complete transparency, I use a digital task management software to help me daily. It is my saving grace with every job I have from being the medical director to the mom, wife, homeowner, and even a business owner. I set my clients up with online task management software as well. And if you haven't ever used one and would like to try one out for free, I would recommend Asana, and that's A-S-A-N-A.com. Don't worry, if you like to physically check things off on your list, Asana will allow you to do that. I'll have the link to it in the show notes. Anyway, here is where I have learned a trick. If I was to write down everything in my brain that is on my to-do list, I'd shut down. (laughs) I would not know where to start. So I use tricks to help me prioritize and more importantly, release the minor tasks that aren't that important. If you've never heard of the Eisenhower matrix or the Covey matrix, Google them. I'll have a couple links in the show notes, which I think explain both of them well. I don't have time on this podcast, but the gist of those matrices is to help you prioritize your tasks in different buckets, and it helps you decide which ones are urgent and which ones are important, which ones are non-urgent and which ones aren't that important. It even has which ones you should spend minimal time on and which tasks you can toss out completely and just forget. And another tip I use when I look at my to-do list as I try to look at it as objectively as possible. I often think if I hired someone to help me prioritize and I was paying them good money to help, where would they put this task? Which bucket would they put it in? And would I agree? Trust me, this is harder at first than it sounds. Over time, you become quite ruthless with things. It's, It's actually quite freeing. So that was a lot. It leads me into the next three steps. Net step number three is recruit. Recruit family members, friends, neighbors to take over tasks. Can someone take on the urgent but not important tasks? What's the worst someone can say? No. And I know it is so hard to ask for help because we always need it and we will need it forever. <laughs> but just try it. Try it with one person and just try something small and just see how it goes. I guarantee you there are people who want to help you. Step number four. Calendar, calendar, calendar. Think about how much time per day or per week you have to focus on that to-do list. What is the realistic amount of time? A block of time, be that 15 or 60 minutes at a time. An amount of time you can schedule into your day or evening to work on the list. Then calendar it. Schedule your time like you would a doctor's appointment. Now, the caveat here is we always have those things that come up last minute and that are very important. Those have to be done when they have to be done. What I'm talking about are the things that aren't emergencies. Step number five, be adaptable. Transitions are transitions for a reason. Our lives as moms to those with disabilities are often one long transition. Things change. Roll with them. Sometimes changes are exactly what we never thought we needed, but we end up cherishing anyway. And I want to leave you with this one quote by author and speaker, Lynn Cowell. Sometimes God brings times of transition to create transformation. I hope if you are in a season of transition, 
that you will see all the blessings and that you will be led to the transformation that God has for you. Thank you for joining me today.